You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle. And we are going to see the Batman today. The Batman. Uh, but before we get there, we're going to open our show with our normal opening segments. And how do we open this? I know you're trying to make a name for oh, this opening segment. I don't segment. have a name, John. I don't have a name. No, you had a, only a, thing. You said a bad name when we first got here. I said a bad name. <laughs> um, weekly Watches? Weekly no, it's Watch? horrible. It's horrible. It's so bad. I don't have any other. The Weekly uh, Watch. The Weekly Watch. Um, well, no. yeah, that's what we're calling so, it for but what, now. But maybe. what is it? Well, you know, we just, you know, what have we been watching the last week or, or the last two weeks since we've last podcasted? Um, so why I don't don't you know. start? Yeah. You start. Oh, I'll start. Great. Um, I have a lot of Star Wars. I did the entire seven seasons of the Clone Wars, and I realized by the end of that, I was like, well, I just watched seven full seasons of this. I might as well watch the rest of Star Wars in chronological order. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Legitimately, <laughs> TV series and all. So I will be, I'm in now in the middle of Bad Batch, The Bad Batch. I'm about eight episodes in at this moment. It's an okay show. It's not great. It's not terrible. It's just, it's completely acceptable and fun and gives a little bit more background to the Star Wars universe. Um, after that, I will be moving on to Solo, A Star Wars Story, which is a complete trash pit right. of a movie, I think. And uh, I'll slog through that. But anyway, so that's where I'm at right now um, as far as TV goes. Uh, oh, not as far as TV goes. I'm also in the middle of Euphoria Season 1. I'm towards the end of Euphoria Season 1. Um, because I heard a lot of people talking really great things about season two, and I want to get there. In season one, the visual storytelling in this f- series is just incredible. Um, it also makes Zendaya's performance as MJ in Spider-Man look like she's sleepwalking through that film. Um, <laughs> her performance as Rue in Euphoria is just the best thing she's ever ever done. So um, that's uh, as far as TV for me. I want to hear from you uh, before we go and maybe into movies or something. Have you been watching any TV? Yeah, so uh, I've been watching uh, All of Us Are Dead, this uh, Korean oh, zombie yes. film on Netflix, a series on Netflix that I am extremely in love with. Great. Uh, it's fascinatingly well done. The stakes are really high. There's some good twists in the zombie genre. Uh, the characters are really strong and compelling, and we are very, com- or I am, very committed to them by virtue of you know the experience of the film. It's paced really well. Yeah. We have appropriate sort of zombie levels of tragedy. The scope of the of the piece is really big, but because it's this Korean film, it does some really interesting things that American cinema would not do. There's a, a baby at risk. Uh, hmm. There's some comedy that revolves ar- around the people who end up finding the baby. Like there's things that we would normally not be challenged by. There's some extremely good zombie violence but there's also tons of time where we're living with these people who are uh trying to stay alive in a school and there's other there's a whole pile of other plots because this again the scale is really large it it does what the walking dead in the first season did well okay and yet because it's living in this world of young people it it and because it's uh south korean it has uh, a tremendous amount of uh, commentary on politics and social structure yeah, and economics, yeah, yeah. and it also spends a tremendous amount of time letting us uh, dig deeply into the personal lives of these people. Cool. Uh, with, 
and you know that one of the things that I felt like in The Walking Dead, we always it was always about getting to the next place. The Walking Dead was always like traveling yes. to the next place. Yeah, and the zombies are sort of around here. The zombies, there, it it is more like um, uh, I like Die Hard. They're trapped in a space. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. there, it, the the tension is there, and we all know what a school's like. Right. Even if we don't know what a Korean school's like. And as a result, there are identifiable places we go right. in that school. Uh, this would be a great video game, number one. It hmm. would be a great board game, like a really oh, okay. great like board game to <laughs> yeah. play. Uh, so anyway, I love it. Like a tabletop um, adventure like game? Like a tabletop sort of adventure yeah. game, yeah, yeah, where you were in the school trying to escape That's the cool. That would be cool, yeah. Really interesting. Uh, it really works. I like it a lot. I don't know what other people are going to think, but I like it a lot. It's It's great. And that's on Netflix. Um, and so I'm. Uh, there's just the one at this point. Like I'm going through the first one. It's brand new. Didn't realize that. So yeah, really digging it, uh, digging it a lot. Um, and uh, the other thing I've been watching Reacher too. Uh, the Reacher, oh, Reacher, Reacher, Reacher as well. Uh, Reacher as well. Yes. Uh, which I'm also enjoying immensely okay. as well uh, as a manifestation of that. Uh, detective series or what I don't, I guess you call it crime series detective series I'm not even 100% I have never I've never experienced any Reacher content yeah right? so there was a Tom Cruise film I, or two that came out there's two of right? them yeah and I certainly don't mind the Tom Cruise films but this really captures what the original novelizations does okay. and just like we talk about often the long form of television drama lets novels be transposed yes. to uh, the screen really yeah. well and it does that you get we, all the character uh, development and everything that you need it, mm. it may be it may be a couple episodes too long sure. i've almost finished it but it's really enjoyable how many Certainly seasons are there worth it. it's just one again just it's one the again. first season wow it's been up for second though it, it, okay, it cool. just got re-upped for a second and season. that's prime right and that's prime, prime yeah. yeah. And I don't know whether All of Us Are Dead will get a second season or not because I don't know who lives. The right. title <laughs> is a little concerning yes so yeah, yeah, yeah. um oh no i uh, could be everyone dead by the end oh, which, no. would, which would certainly fit into the cultural icon so that's sure. stuff. uh how about movies you watch any movies um okay yes so couple, but watch i've watched i've watched uh watched a few movies i'll just read you my last four on letterboxd here you can see my recent activity uh hot fuzz right of course have to watch hot fuzz uh probably at least once a month uh Great film. What well, I think probably my favorite from Edgar Wright. I'm gonna be real. Hot Fuzz sure. is better than Shaun of the Dead. I will okay. say it right here, right now. <laughs> um, All right. Continuing with my Star Wars, my Star Wars marathon. Of course, I had to watch Revenge of the Sith in between uh, Clone Wars and uh, the Bad Batch. It is better because of the animated series <laughs> I am watching, um, and it is undoubtedly the best of the prequels. For sure, hands down, no <laughs> argument. Um, Jar Jar hardly appears. Uh, watch Knives Out. Knives Out, again, is just fantastic. Uh, very excited for the second movie that is, yeah. I think, coming to Netflix at some point. Um, hopefully 2022. Hopefully this is the year, but who knows. Um, and then my, my, my lovely wife made me uh, watch Robin Hood Men in Tights. That was her, that was her film pick, and... Um, that movie is so freaking weird. It's definitely not, uh, you know, Mel Brooks' strongest work. Um, but if you don't laugh once throughout the film, you're definitely a psychopath. So good. Yeah. What about you? Well, I boldly watched the 1978 Death on the Nile to avoid watching the current okay. Death on the Nile, <laughs> uh, which was, I mean, was just fine. It's a, I mean, a, a, today it feels like a 
yes. TV movie, right? Right. right. Um, just with with actors that wouldn't be on TV. Right. <laughs> uh, it, it's good. It's not great. It's good. It's certainly enjoyable. The, again, uh, Poirot is not played by a real Belgian, so <laughs> it's super weird. But it's good. I mean, it certainly was enjoyable. It's long. Yeah. Is it? Um, uh, yeah. Um, I watched a film called Judex uh, from 1963, a remake of a film, uh, a, a silent film. This was, Lisa and I watched it uh, just the other night. It was absolutely the slowest paced, <laughs> captivating film I've watched. It is a serial based on a, a, a silent serial. And so they took the silent serial and they sort of compress it hmm. into 90 minutes or so. Okay. And as a result, there's some giant leaps. There's some stuff that obviously we don't know. Um, Judex is this sort of Avenger oh. character. Uh, and it's it was quite enjoyable. It's made me want to go back and watch. The, the person who did the original Judex also made a series called uh essentially it's the vampires the vampire errors or whatever yeah, you yeah, say yeah. in french uh, that's another sort <laughs> you don't of detective want to try. i'm not yeah. gonna try <laughs> it at all uh, i'm not belgian nor am i french <laughs> i would not pay poro uh so um so i'm anxious to go see that but the judex film was really pretty good uh it's on uh criterion I, it's it's worth watching like judex, the only i couldn't i couldn't freaking believe this movie uh there it's it's there's science fiction moments. It's not. It's not. When so did that wonderful. come out? No, no, no. It's 1963. Judex <laughs> is old, old. It's old, black and white, crazy Sorry, freaking it, black and white film. In my head, the way you were talking about this film, you said remake. I mean, and so a, in my head, there's a acrobat woman who shows up at the end of the film who I who's not been in the film before, and we meet her as if we know who she is. She is dressed all in white. There's a bad woman who appears a bad woman who appears throughout the film she's dressed all in black through the film there is no like no illusions about what we're experiencing they have a fight on a rooftop oh and you're gosh. like i know who has to win and lose this because <laughs> one's in white and one's in black yeah. like it's but it's great it's actually really quite a good <laughs> film um i watched the french dispatch too but we may want to talk about that at another time that's a whole thing yeah so why don't we not that might that be now? a whole thing i mean um, although i don't remember a ton of it because i think i've blocked a lot of it out um not be not well we'll talk about it another time yeah let's do that yeah, another maybe time. that can be a maybe that can be a closing segment or something yeah, I, I don't want to do a full episode on that but i i would like to that's talk what i mean about maybe we just pop in and we do like a little mini thing yeah about that, that. that's a good idea because i would love also to spend some time talking about free guy and kingsman too uh the king's oh the man, king's man. yeah 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 uh, which i know you watched the other one i watched was nobody um oh bob odenkirk right which i liked HBO. a lot that's what i've been hearing i i it is a movie that I can't talk about because the spoilers would ruin why it works why, so well. Okay, if you are spoiled in the film, it it can't work as well. Okay, you have to go. So in, I need to watch that before somebody kills it for me. You have to go in believing what the preview, everything the previews tell you. I haven't even watched previews. For well, you should watch a preview for it okay. and then go in. Um, it, it. I don't is, generally even like watching previews because it gives it gives too much away for me. I feel really like. wonderfully played marketing campaign hmm. for a film that ends up being quite enjoyable um uh, yeah like really really okay. enjoyable uh action film yeah uh, i would great I'd HBO say max watch. i'll watch that yep definitely. i'll watch that i gotta watch free guy and then we can talk about yeah we can do like a mashup episode or something we, like we that. should do that because i would love idea. to talk that's about all those idea. things with you so let's do that uh, that that's, sounds great that's a great idea um Lots of good content. To yeah, watch loads right now. of stuff to watch. Loads of stuff to watch. Cool. Well, um, you want to transition over to the Batman, and we can yeah, let's go about this. Let's go hop in the car, drive right. over to the theater, 
Check it out. Perfect. If this continues, it won't be long before you've nothing left. I don't care what happens to me. It's only going to get worse for you. All right, so you've been warned spoilers ahead for the Batman. What'd you think? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a great start. We, we just, let's just frame this out. The sound may be a little better than normal today. We, we've come home from the theater to my living room because the car was going to be too cold. It is too cold. So just a little suspense here. Uh, uh, as we walked out of the theater, we decided it was best for us to go someplace warm. Um, uh, I, I'm... Uh, so I... I <laughs> this is a difficult thing for you to ask me to do as as you see as, as to usual do as, as usual um, I mean I think it was really spectacular I ask you the same question every time and it's, you always seem shocked <laughs> well that's because I think at some point you're going to cut me some slack especially with these monster films like yeah no no no, no, a no, lot. no yeah um, I think this is I mean I, I, I'm going to go boldly say that this is probably the best Batman film I've ever seen. I am in total agreement with you. I was in, in the car. I'm like, is it better or worse than the Dark Knight? Is it better or worse than the Dark Knight? And I just, I'm like, maybe it's just tied, but I don't think it's tied. I think it's better than the Dark Knight is. Yeah, I, I think that there's reasons that I believe it's the best Batman uh, and, uh, and all of them have to do, almost all of them have to do with the level of detail and commitment to story. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 uh, if we want to do the Dark Knight conversation, we can do that right up front or we want to talk about Batman. What do you want to do? I Look, I'm fine doing that up front if you want to, because I think that's the question that everybody is wondering, is this better or worse than the Dark Knight? I mean, when you leave the theater, you're left saying, look, the Dark Knight is, is an amazing film. It's a great Batman film, but so is this. And how does it stack up? I, I think that the Dark Knight lives and dies on an act, a couple of actors. And I sure. think this is not living and dying on its actors. Sure. The actors are all great, yeah, but I don't think that's what it's living and dying wait, wait, on. And by that, you're saying that the success of the Dark Knight is because of the actors. I think that it... it, it like with, without Heath Ledger in the role or without somebody else in the role? I, is that I what you're saying? I certainly think without Heath, Heath Leather, Ledger, that film is is not like it would, we would not be having the conversation about sure, whether or not it right. was the best. I, I still think it's a it, good film. I still think yeah. it would be a good film, right? right? But it wouldn't like, be iconic in the way that it is. Exactly. Um, yeah. That that relationship between the the actors in that film who all step up one after another mm. to to carry what is a decent story, right? Like a good story. Yeah. Uh, and I and I'm sort of letting parts of that come into my head, I, but. I think this it defeats that film in some very significant ways that have nothing to do with actors. Although mm -hmm. I think the actors in this are great. Yeah, I think I think the actors are great as well. Um, there's something about the Dark Knight for me that you know I I love the Dark Knight, I love that film. Mm -hmm. But that that film is I don't know how much shorter it is than this. Maybe by 15 minutes. Um, whatever it is, the Dark Knight feels the pacing of the Dark Knight. It feels like I'm watching a four-hour film. That film feels like it's it's never ending, and I lose interest 
in watching that film at some point. I was even in theaters the first time and I lost interest. I thought it was ending twice before it ended. Whereas the Batman had me sucked in for every single minute, you know? Every single minute. Every every five minutes of film warranted the next five minutes of film that you saw. And then those five minutes warranted the next five minutes. Like everything just built on each other. Whereas I feel like the Dark Knight, there's this drag that happens. And so I I think even just from a pacing standpoint, that this film is just is just stronger from a from a pacing, from a potentially from a writing, from a structural standpoint. I think that that the Batman just beats it out. I think the two things that leap out at me mm-hmm. about this film is number one, it is a detective story, and yeah. we haven't really seen that before yeah. in a Batman film. We've we've had a sensibility of that, but this didn't dwell on the relationship between Alfred and Batman. It right. wasn't all about you know relationship and relationship. It was about this sort of larger story, and the Batman is try and it is the Batman right like. The amount of time Bruce Wayne is here is minimal and he is in detective mode and watching that, especially with Jeffrey Wright's really strong Commissioner Gordon who acts as a partner, right, in this detective story. And I think that that really played. And the other thing I think uh, that is extraordinary is the production design across the board. Oh my goodness. I have never wanted to not live in Gotham so much before. You know, the conversation of why the hell does anybody ever live in Gotham? That place sucks. The, it, Gotham looked awful in this movie in and, the best way. And, and very physically real. Yeah. And again, I think in the dark, if, if you hear squawking, it's my bizarre duck cat. <laughs> Yeah, that, <laughs> that may have been a good sound effect. Yeah, that would have been pretty <laughs> strange. So, um, the 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 everything had weight. Yes, it had, took space. It yeah. looked like it was in a real environment. Yeah. Um, the well, and this, and I think that that doesn't just translate from a, a, a production design or set location standpoint. I think that also translates into the Batman himself. Because there's something about the Christian Bale, the Dark Knight trilogy, where I have a hard time relating to that Batman. Whereas this Batman feels so much more grounded mm-hmm. and in the world that he's existing in. Uh, and that may partially just because we see so much of Bruce Wayne in the Dark Knight trilogy that I have a hard time relating to this billionaire playboy. Whereas here, it's just Batman. It's just It's just the Batman trying to do good, trying to save the city, trying to to do his best for right. the people, right? Well, and you know, we have that idea of vengeance in the beginning that transforms again, mm-hmm. spoilers at by the end, and he is part of this dark dark city. Yeah. Uh, this broken and I love the, the you know the language that's constantly there, but I I just can't I'm, I'm just overwhelmed by the production that I got. It tell was you, it was spectacular. From, There's a lot of shots overhead of the city. Oh my goodness. And I'm sure a lot of it is cg in some capacity but i'm sure a lot of it is the set dressing of chicago or wherever the heck they shot this it thing. certainly didn't feel like it was cg right it, it, it definitely did not feel it everything felt like it lived in that space that mm-hmm. people were traveling through that space yeah and uh the level of detail and that when i say detail too sometimes oh my goodness he's going to be really noisy <laughs> um the level of detail is uh, extends to places where there wasn't a lot of detail, right? Yeah. That is a cat, folks. Yeah, yeah. celebrating uh, Selena Kyle uh, here in the room. 
very happy. Um, okay, oh, that's by my crotch. <laughs> no, okay, he's, okay. Uh, he's got some uh, drugs in his system right now, and he's a little bitey, I guess. I think so. So, but but I'm, I'm you know th- when he was going into the club, I forget the name of the the main the, name of the, the club. Uh, oh gosh, something fish. Right. Uh, ice. <laughs> something. I don't know what it was called. The ice fish house. We're not going to know, right? House. No, we're going to find penguins any of it. domain. The penguins domain. The that space was detailed and it was also not perfect the way a good matte uh-huh. painting is and there were also parts yeah. of it that were just texture right, right. just interesting texture yeah but it was the production design was beautiful uh, was every single piece of tape that those <laughs> cards were put stuck to things yeah. with all of that and that's part of what kept me completely connected i mean come on you walk into again spoilers you've this is it's just going to keep coming up people spoilers uh, you walk into the Riddler's like apartment at the end and it's completely like floor to ceiling, everything, the walls, everything is covered in right. some sort of prop set dressing something. And the somebody stuff- had to write all of those words. That is unbelievable. I feel so bad for whoever was tasked with doing that. And it's not, they're not Easter eggs. Now I'm sure there's going to be Easter eggs. People are going to find all on the way, but that's not why it's there. Yeah. It's there because it's about the character's environment, right? So right. that we can understand right. who he is. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's up, cat? What's up, cat? Speaking of cats, how did you feel about Zoe Kravitz's performance? I was very unsure in the beginning. I felt much better okay. by the end. Yeah. I like the arc that the story took us through. The, uh-huh. So another thing I want to say is that this was one of my biggest concerns, number one concerns about this film was that it was overloaded with villains, right? Sure. So like in every sure. trailer yeah. and previews and conversations, there's going to be, you know, gangsters going to be penguin. There's going to be um, these other thugs that look like the Joker sort of, but weren't. Um, right, right, right. There's yeah. going to be, you know, Zoe Kravitz, uh, Catwoman. Uh, there's going to be the Riddler. I, yeah. That's too many bad guys. Right. They were managed so well in the film because some of them weren't bad guys mm-hmm. right like penguin here is just he's just this he is a bad guy but he's just this guy who's in the middle of all of it but doesn't really play this massive role in it right he's just maybe the stepping stone he may or a red herring in some ways yeah he's you and, know? and well played that he does the work of a villain when he needs to mm-hmm. But he's also just a player, a pawn, or I don't, I'm going to say a bishop, whatever. Sure, in yeah. In the chess game of this story. He's just a piece. He's yeah. just a piece that's being utilized by the filmmakers mm-hmm. to, to move the story forward or, or around, right? It's, uh, and, and Selena Kyle is, again, like Catwoman is a hero or villain. Like mm-hmm. She's just this gray area of uh, somebody who could do good and who could do bad. And you right. don't know kind of where she's going to go. Yeah, and she's dangerous, right? And mm-hmm. she's certainly not the Batman's um, on the same page as the Batman, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the other thing that the story does really well is it puts this Bruce Wayne Batman in relationship to the creatures he's created or that live in his world mm-hmm. that force his development, right? So his character development grows very much in relationship to how he sees himself and who his identity is in relationship to all these other people yeah and the riddler's riddle exposing the corruption of gotham is in a way really cleverly done so that batman is exposed to himself by the end and right and look in the mirror right? yeah that's hard to write 
it's my really goodness i can't imagine having to write that film because the amount of detail that you have to put into the clues and and especially since it is a detective film you're not just writing these complex riddles of how how this how and how you can get this character to arc through the use of riddles and clues but you also having to 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 build the the clues out so that he's uncovering this riddler by the end right and again in similarly with the with the dark knight that to me also feels a little bit like a detective story but just right. not treated like a detective film right that, that's exactly right the the dark knight is these two characters dancing around each other yeah the riddler for the most part in this film is in the shadows is in the background right presenting the clues that we follow yeah but not out there he's like, like this game master that you don't see as opposed to sort of dancing with batman yeah um now that doesn't mean there's i mean no nothing wrong with how nothing wrong with how that plays yeah. out i just think that this takes another step that is more that it's richer as it a is full it film. is yeah yeah and going back to a little bit back to selena kyle but all the villains as well and even all of the uh, protagonists that we have every character has their own wants and needs and sometimes that can go missed in a film there's mm -hmm. a character that that you know just isn't developed as well as a little bit flat every character has you know what they want even down i mean down to penguin he wants to take over as crime boss, right? You see that at the end in his final shot, you're like, well, he's going to take over this power vacuum because Maroney and Falcone are not here, right? right? Like, so you know where this is going and he's been trying to achieve that um, throughout the film. Like, you you can just see it. Selena Kyle wants her justice for her friend, for vengeance for her friend, mm -hmm. right? Like, everybody has a want and a need um, and that's very clearly laid out, but it's not shoved down your throat so much that you're constantly, like, thinking about what they want and need. You just know it. There, right, it's very present in the story. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that each of those, I mean, the actors are doing good work, but it feels to me so much like the the richness of the writing yeah. and directing is what's driving these characters' interactions and making their needs clear. The director knows what they want and need because he wrote it and he knows what they want and need and he's showing us yeah. instead of telling us. Yeah. I don't think anyone steps up and says, I want this or I need this. It's just all in subtext or it's or it, it is if when it is blatantly said it's motivated right right like mm -hmm. kenzie at the end when she when selena pushes him off the the building it's very clear that she's calling for the batman to get vengeance for right her friend like she calls him out to do that right and he's like this is not how we do it right it's not how we do it so if it is said specifically it's it's to support the theme of the film, right? And like that moment is one of those moments like where she does this thing, right? Yeah. That is to some extent an unforgivable act, although that's not what it portrays to yeah. Batman. Like he can't do that act. Right. But it is he and Gordon together. This is what this is going to be. <laughs> this cat is a mess. I, it's a good film for this cat to be making noise, I feel <laughs> like. Yeah, see you, buddy. Um, yeah, he's going to he's got to sneeze for a bit. He's going to sneeze it out. He's got junk in his head. Anyway, uh, the uh, it Commissioner Gordon is pulling up the you know the crime or the, the cop, dirty cop right? yeah along with Batman right like mm -hmm. it, it, 
Batman does not get the solo heroic moment over and over again. It's yeah. intertwined with other people. Yeah. And the I mean, talk about good plant and payoff, right? We see he you know, he gets to rescue the child who he identifies with. Yeah. Um, and that there is something to be said for I mean those kind of those arcs that run through the whole story. And yeah. yet he in in even in that rescuing, he's not alone, right? Like other people are coming to his aid. Well, and the great thing is he rescues him twice, once as Bruce and once as Right. As, as the Batman. Yeah, absolutely. Which was great because mm -hmm. he's kind of able to he in a way, it feels like a healing for himself. Like he's able to heal both the Bruce part of him and the Batman part of him. Mm -hmm. Like he's doing this as, as both people, right? And so uh, I think that was very smart of him to show that Bruce will do it as well, even without the mask. Right. And right, which is eventually kind of like Batman's progression of, especially in the even in the Dark Knight series, right? He's like, the mask is just the thing that exists right now because it needs to exist. And I'm kind of like kickstarting and jumpstarting this thing before passing it off to Harvey Dent. And right. nobody should wear a mask anymore. The people should be the heroes. And Bruce is kind of coming to that understanding at the end of this film. The Batman, right, when he's up on the rooftop. I, it, I couldn't, I, I, I need to rewatch it again. Be, that well, there's scene. no question. I yeah. think that some to the end of this film, he makes this transition from... Yeah the concept of vengeance right. to the concept of okay. there needs to be hope. Right. And that still lets him be that beacon or the attempted beacon there. But there is that's a transition for him yeah. um, in a city that is more destroyed than any mm -hmm. Gotham. That we've I've ever seen. I, that yeah. was Yeah. Talk talk about Holy cow. Talk about like this thing landing that what happens at the end of this film is the scale of it is extraordinary. And I think the scale of this film across the board for all of how much it's about individual characters and we are in this story with people, mm -hmm. every, we constantly go into giant scale, like yeah. these big wide shots of lots of people. Oh, doing oh let's let's rack focus to cinematography here real oh, quick. Because good God, Greg Frazier, you blew me away. Um, <laughs> I twice this twice in the last 12 months you've blown me away you blew me away with Dune unbelievable and you just crushed it with the Batman I didn't know the Batman uh, like a superhero film could look as incredible as this film does like I had I don't know if like I would say yo let's just give Greg Frazier the Academy Award for best cinematography twice just right now like just it, give it to him and if this isn't up for cinematography it is astounding. Five, other films, I can't even imagine what they must look like. It's astounding. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know how to even talk about it because I'm just. I, there's so many times where I'm like, Jesus, this is this is a freaking shot right here. Like, I, it, over and over and over again, and oh there are directorial gosh. moments that are brilliant that the cinematographer's manifesting. Right. Yes. So yes. there's like that moment at the end where he looks in his mirror, but he looks at at the camera. So like. Yeah. Third wall sort of broken as he's looking in his rearview mirror and right. see Selena or uh, Catwoman drive away. And the cinematography is gorgeous. The directorial choice is gorgeous. It's like bam, 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 it, bam. It is just it's it's just one insane image after after the other, like over and over and over and over again. It's just three hours of insane visuals. The use of light is in extraordinary. Yeah. The use of light thematically, right? So. Yeah. We live in a this. I, I was going to say something uh, 
and, and I, I just I'll say it now and get it done. Go for it, please. Um, this this film owes a lot to Netflix Daredevil. Fair, okay? yes, I, yeah, I could definitely see that. I don't. Yeah. No, I'm not saying it's a copycat. I'm not saying anything except, oh, but inspired by that it. film paves the way mm -hmm. for a certain color palette mm -hmm. and a certain kind of violence that this film really takes advantage of. Yeah, and the use of red in this film is spellbinding J even just in the title just in the there's title. A, there's something about that red with a little bit of haze added to the title of the film that even before i watched the film it was already this like iconic red like if i saw that red out somewhere i'd be right. like that's the the batman red the batman red yeah i mean over and over again we have big bold color yeah working with what is gorgeously lit skin like yeah i the shots are extra. It, this is a movie that, like, if ever we rack focus and talk a second time, uh -huh. when we watch this again, we can talk about cinematography because I just don't think I can digest it. I all. can't. No, I really can't. The, the and what I loved about it though is that the use of shadows was like, the use of shadows was everywhere. The use of silhouette was everywhere. Like the Batman is in the dark so often, um, and I love that at the end he's he's lighting. He is the light, right? Like he lights right. the flare and he is the light that he wanted to oh. be. And you have this, this is the shot. I was going to ask you, we're just going to get to it now. Like if there's a shot in your head, I want to know, give it, give it the award. The shot that I did not expect to stick with me uh, is, and I didn't realize the depth that it had until I really stared at it. After he's leading those kids out uh, and, and the people out from underneath the scaffolding that collapsed and they're walking through this pool and he's leading them out, holding this flare Batman's out in front and this this triangle comes out and I'm like it's a freaking cape moving through this water and it's just the it's just unbelievable that that, sh that shot I mean there's a lot of shots in here that stick out in my head that shot was extraordinary unreal and the everyone's faces lit by the flare yeah. and the they form this giant cape it's of just his crazy uh, unbelievable <laughs> it's that, just that shot. crazy but the, I, I think so i'll give you that shot okay yeah because, just give it to me yeah because what i i think i'm gonna say is the the thing that really sticks with me about the cinematography aside from light is the use of um material translucent or transparent material between us as the audience the and the lens and the action over and over again we're looking through windows or mm -hmm. binoculars or mm -hmm. glasses i mean when we open when this film opens yeah. with what amounts to like three minutes it felt like it felt like 10 minutes of of looking through binoculars yeah no i know i know you're just you're watching through things i'm like how bold is it yeah in an action film like in a uh -huh. film built as an action film to open with what it amounts to a wonner from a sh uh, something on <laughs> from someone eyeball from someone's eyeballs right? yeah like, like like literally yeah. just watching what we don't know what's going on we no. don't know who these people are no we no well it's it's a fake out twice it, it's a, certainly a fake out twice yeah it's a fake out twice at first i thought that there was like some assassin dude in this house turns out to be a kid on halloween and then i thought that this this was the wayne family and it's not mm -mm. so i mean uh, Talk about just dropping you right in and just wondering, but not in a crazy, fast, rushed right. way. You get to kind of breathe a little bit at the beginning of this film, and just you so can strange. you can comprehend and think and 
and wonder a little bit without having to be dropped right into the action. Uh, and of course, they're playing Ave Maria in the beginning, right? Which is just carried throughout this the entire whole, film. The whole film. Um, but just amazing. The cinematography so is just unbelievable. The, but I love, it, even when we're at the, when the Riddler in prison at the end, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. you know, through window after window after window, through binocular, we keep right. we mirrors, seeing the world. Everything, mirrors yeah. through, through some kind of... Uh, you know, barrier, and that's a lot to think about. At some point, I'm going to come to some solution to what that is. Yeah. But my shot of shots is the overhead shot of him when he draws with the um, spray paint the the plan when when we pop to the yeah the bird's eye yeah after he's been painting on the ground mm -hmm. and you have this gorgeous contrasting image with all of this information yeah and it's just a beautiful beautifully composed shot that is about a beautifully composed image. And I love when you can take production design and, and staging and blocking and all of that and you match it with so the look crazy. of a shot. That was it's just a, so pretty. But I mean, over and over again. And everything's motivated too. Everything's Every motivated. shot's, it's not just like beauty for beauty's sake, right? Every, every shot is motivated in this film too. So, oh, Greg Fraser, killing it. It's, I mean, so just good. really amazing. And, after Dune, which looks completely different, mm -hmm. right? You you have to really give the guy kudos. Yeah, uh, it's just un unbelievable. I, I'm at a loss for words for it. Um, did you grow up reading Batman comics or anything like that? So Watching I, the Batman movies? So or TV series? Was there a TV yeah, series? There's a TV the series. TV right? series, but yeah. that's not this at all. But I did when I was yeah. a kid. But I'm a. Uh, I began reading Batman in a serious way when I went to college. Okay. So my college years were Legends of the Dark Knight and mm. I mean the uh, the Dark Knight and Batman Year One and Batman Year Two and all this sort of world of comics. So yeah. the, the detective comics of that time of the 1980s into the early 90s was when I like seriously read Batman and hardcore. Like I read yeah. everything during that yeah. time. The Killing Joke, all of right. that. Like that. Was there a Detective world. Batman comic? Series? Well, there's a, like was it like Detective Comics is the bat is like the bat is the Batman comic, right? Right, right. Like right. That's where Batman's housed or was right. housed. But um, uh, and in in many of those comics, there is a strong sense of the detective, and certainly in the graphic novels, the, many of the best Batman graphic novels, there is a strong sense of him being a detective as much as he is yes this yeah. brutal violent. Vigilante, yeah, vigilante, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I um, you know, being I was born, so I was born ninety three, and my really my first introduction to any sort of superhero was Batman. I feel like if I remember wild. correctly, like it just, I mean, just from the animated series, right? And that, and that, funny, I didn't even realize until I looked it up that it was from it ran from ninety two to ninety five. So anything I was watching would have been from like ninety eight to right. or later, right? And mm -hmm. so they must have just repeated these reruns of this Batman show on, on uh, WB kids or something like that when <laughs> you know, in the nineties. And, and so I, I, my introduction to superheroes really was, was Batman and, you know, listening to Kevin Conroy's voice as Batman and Mark Hamill's Joker is right. kind of like the, the hero villain combo I grew up on um, before, you know, the, before Sam Raimi did Spider-Man and all that stuff. And I, I'm sure I watched the Spider-Man uh cartoons too as a kid but batman is the one that kind of stuck with me and i was a i think i was i was a huge fan of scooby-doo too I, you'll see where i'm going with this in a second um and i i really love like murder mystery stuff or like just whodunits things like that 
And Batman and Scooby-Doo share a lot of similarities in the sense of trying to figure out who is this villain behind all of it. And because right. I, I, from what I remember from the animated series uh, of uh, the Batman animated series, it's like he is trying to solve this crime. Who is, who is the person who did X, Y, Z thing, right? Was it the Riddler? Was it, uh, you know, was it the Joker? Was it, was it Two-Face? Who was it that did this? And how, how do they connect to them? More often than not, it was the Joker, I feel like. Right. Uh, or Harley Quinn in some way. But, you know, I, I never really put the two and two together of like why I enjoyed Scooby-Doo and uh, Batman animated series so much. But it must be this crime, detective, sleuth sort of thing. And Which is this film story, is, right? Yeah. And this film has that sleuth, detective style all throughout and my goodness it's i'm just captivated by it yeah i i i would say for a three-hour film it does it i mean it's long right it's and long yeah it, it is a, it is a thing to experience right but it doesn't lag it doesn't falter in that way because we are moving step by step yeah. there there are there's plenty of resets right like where we move to a place and then it I mean, the film can't end here, but this will be a place it it could end, it could right? End, right. Uh, and we, you know, when, once we catch the Riddler, yeah, you know, once we uh, that could really have been a concluding moment, right? Right. right. And but there's a big set piece after that, which yeah. I think is spectacular um, to to go beyond. But hammering so but it, hard at the detective portion of it was just marvelous. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like it's like a. Uh, false ending in a way no. in the same way that the dark knight does right like right. there's 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 a time in the dark knight where i'm like okay great movies movie has to be over and then they launch into like a fourth act right but it, it doesn't do that here so which is why the dark knight to me feels like it drags mm -hmm. on but you're right i and i'm glad they kept going in this film like i don't know what you cut out in this film three hours like i don't know how you trim this down to, to trim it you sacrifice important story points right mm -hmm. you have to take out yeah. one portion of the mystery you have to take yeah. out one victim you one get, riddler victim you get rid of you get rid of the selena kyle uh carmine falcone right connection right and, like and all that, of that that the issue of parenting in this film or lack of parenting is extremely strong i mean we have these three characters who are mm -hmm. all orphans essentially mm -hmm. you know uh or at least you know, not with their parent or their father is a problem, right? Like there's this sort of thing that takes place. Or in who the are story. orphans by the end. Right. right? And that's like, so interesting to me. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have, uh, we have an unsolved mystery here. Uh, we have an unsolved mystery and that is the twin, right? So we have a twin or a brother, brother, right? Um, the Riddler has two ad identities there's two cards there for him and we only meet one guy all right did i not pick up on so, this so they're like who are these two <laughs> what i thought at least that's what i'm thinking okay maybe it's him and he has two different identities but i thought oh, maybe oh, there was oh, a twin oh, oh okay so, so oh it could be a future and if not if not um it's just me being which card did you clever. read did you because there was it was only on screen long enough for you really for you to read one card i saw there were two and they said something about figuring out who are these two? Who are these two? And I was like, Did you Wait. see a name on either of them? I did, but I don't remember what it was. Because I, I read uh, the bottom one. I didn't read the top one. I read the bottom one. It was Edward Nashton, which is the name that they 
end said. up giving him. There was another name at the top. I don't, okay. I don't know. I, I don't I mean, know. And I could be completely wrong. If there. you know that name, please DM us. We'd I could be hear. completely wrong with what I'm suggesting. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, though, that's a fun theory that it, there could be a that a there twin. could be a twin or yeah. another brother or whatever along the way. He didn't seem schizophrenic to me, right? Like that did no, not no. seem like what was there. Yeah. Um, the, uh, but but I just think that the we would have had to lose one of these villains that end up or one of these victims and all of them end up being an important clue in the mystery. Yeah. And so if the mystery is going to drive your story, mm -hmm. you've got to let all of those pieces happen. You know, you and I often kind of take a big old dump on Warner bros for, uh, not giving their filmmakers full control over their films and just letting them do the work that they need to do. And I'm beginning to think that they have potentially learned their lesson maybe i'm hoping because they fully let matt reeves just do whatever like there's no way that they boxed him in there's no way because half of this movie would have been cut out there's there's absolutely no way that they managed yeah. i mean maybe it was a longer cut maybe there is a longer cut sure sure, sure but sure. they didn't manipulate this in the inside like we've been talking about right. so often and i think we could say the suicide squad's the same way right right so when you get when you i mean i'm i don't know i don't know what else has matt reeves done i don't so Actually, Matt no, Reeves has done. Uh, this is, is pretty interesting. So uh, Matt Reeves has done did uh, the Planet of the Apes film. Did he really? Yeah. So he did. Oh, those uh, are great. He did Cloverfield. Like incredible. He did the original Cloverfield, which wow to me, I, I haven't rated that yet, and I have to go rate that. But he did War, and he did um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, okay, what are those? The first two, I think, or is it? I don't know. Oh, maybe those are the last films. I don't, I don't really know sorry. either. I'm not sure. Uh, I like them fine, but I. Uh, so he has, but he only has done eight films. Like this is one of eight films. That's wild. I mean, this is an amazing job. He, uh, he's, you know, he wrote surprisingly. Um, uh, with this one, I can't believe Under Siege Two: Dark Territory, which is hilarious. I've never seen that. Uh, well, it's just, I mean. Under Siege is uh, uh, <laughs> oh, I found not that. a great Steven Seagal film. It is Steven Seagal. It's not that bad. Oh, Under goodness. Siege 2 is when Die Hard 2 fails. Like It's <laughs> not that great. I mean, Under Siege is essentially Die Hard oh, with Steven Seagal. So, goodness. So he, so he wrote that. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have to say that uh, the credits he has, I mean, they're good films, but that's what he's done, you know? I mean, incredible. Wow. Yeah, this wow. is a this is a film that makes not it makes a career because he's got a career right, but this is a an amazing feather in his cap. I mean, yeah, I mean you're talking. I mean, of eight films, the last four films he's released has been it, it was Cloverfield, uh, followed by Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, War of the Planet of the Apes, and then the Batman. So from 2008 to 2022, he's released four films, and let's that's not a lot right that there i mean we reviewed kimmy not too long ago and steven soderbergh pumps out at least one movie a year <laughs> right exactly like this isn't a lot but when you compare like i mean steven soderbergh doesn't release the batman level mm -hmm. stuff right this is something that i'm sure that he's been working on for a decade i wouldn't be surprised if he's been writing this movie for the last decade and five years ago it finally got greenlit and he started he started doing his thing right but yeah man well matt reeves i don't know what i was gonna say about him or what i was what whatever but 
I I love just taking the Batman. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with any of that. I got I, just completely it, distracted. It, there's so much positive to say about this film, and it. I, I think we should at least take a moment or two and talk about the actors. Yeah, yeah. How'd you think Pattinson did? Yeah, Pattinson was. Uh, I mean, you know, Pattinson can act, right? Right. Um, I really enjoyed his Batman. Um, it was like I said earlier. It was a little more down to earth, a little more real for mm -hmm. me than a lot of the other Batman I've seen. Right, considering he was hardly ever Bruce Wayne, it's fascinating, right? right? Yeah, um, like he just felt like a real person with real emotions that he, he felt like a real person who was trying as hard as he could to not have emotion mm -hmm. rather than just somebody who doesn't have emotion. Does that make sense? Um, I mean, you get this very human moment where he kisses Catwoman and like I think that, injects a level of humanity into him too uh you can tell through his eyes that he cares for her cares for other people mm -hmm. cares for jim um and i think because i think the introduction to to to, to batman around other people really uh almost dictates how i how we feel how i feel about him because yeah. he's already the second we see him with a group of people we're already saying this guy is disliked. People don't necessarily trust him. The cops are like, what the heck is this guy doing here? What a freak, like all this stuff, which you've heard a million times in other Batman films or other Batman uh, you know, content. But having it be your introduction, you're, you're, you're already rooting for him to kind of be liked by the end of this film. And we see that same cop, right, who stops him right. from going into uh, Mayor Mitchell's uh, room where he was killed. Um, and question like you know who, why you can't be here all this stuff you see him again at the end in in the riddler's space mm -hmm. and he's a little bit more trusting of this guy he's uh he's come around to him and we see him again in the middle of the film respond very positively to bruce wayne right uh you, you know, you know it's yeah it's pretty interesting too one of the things and you bring it up is the batman's in spaces with lots of people all the, all the time. time and that is uncharacteristic yeah normally he's in those spaces when he's turned to the Batman and he fights, he's in fighting situation. And this right. was all of that, like slow walks yeah. through environments. Yeah, he's only ever in those environments when he has to rescue somebody and it's like a big crowd of people and he has to rescue that person, right? Mm -hmm. uh, normally, if you see the Batman in a large space, he's Bruce. Right. Right. And, and he's hosting a party him. or he's in a restaurant That's or he's right. doing, he's, I don't know. I don't yeah, there's no glamour in this film. There's no big party really yeah um, i want to say jeffrey wright was great um and thoughtful but john totoro tore it up i didn't even know he was Falcone. in this film and then he appeared as Falcone. so good it's like dude such so good such a good actor right and doing such a good job and again not none of this was big like even you know when we're looking at um uh, uh dano who is like paul dano is astoundingly good he and he's so creepy at the same time, mm -hmm. but has such this innocent face. I have to say, like the I I, I would say that Paul Dano's addition for this role was his role in Prisoners. Sure, have you seen that? Mm -hmm. God dang it, that movie is good. That movie is that movie that movie is incredible. Um, and Paul Dano is this piece in that film who you're you don't know if he's if he's a victim or a killer. Because of 
his acting is just so good. And it's his face. It's and his face. I love how you say he's creepy. He's volatile, but he's grounded. Yeah. That's the thing I think this film just gets is mm -hmm. ground these people in the real world. Mm -hmm. Don't let them be, don't let it become a circus, right? Keep it right. all grounded. Right. And it really works. It, it's almost like, it's almost so grounded that it doesn't feel like it's a comic book superhero. Right. Right? Because comic book superhero stuff, when you have, I'm thinking of like, tommy jones two faces right <laughs> right like that is just so out there any obviously anything that tim burton does is just out there but you can go that route with batman or you can go this really dark gritty route with batman and even when you when you get rid of the joker because the joker even kind of takes you to that mm -hmm. circus obviously right right but when you get rid of the Joker and you have these down to earth people who who are really grounded in that that space, it it takes on it's almost as if Batman could actually be in the real world here. I agreed. And what I thought was what I was constantly impressed by was when we went into environments where we suddenly had some crazy science uh, tool, whatever, some mm -hmm. technology that he was using. It all felt like it lived there like yeah it, it, it i didn't get a sense where i'm like oh boy that monitor looks weird or yeah where the heck did this come from yeah. everything felt very much like it was of this world yeah. and possible and that's always the thing we don't want to have so i'm thinking yes that, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of um the uh the the uh that space <laughs> that underground uh -huh. space in uh what is it dark knight rises right? okay yeah yeah you know what i'm talking about is it the is it like just the full like light box that yes. they're in uh -huh. it's in the dark knight and they shut it down i think in the dark knight right rises. so it's the dark knight is where or the end of the dark knight they shut yeah, it down right. yeah okay I'm sorry. there's just the dark knight is just it's just loads of cool tech right yeah, yeah. like it's just batman being a billionaire that's who can right afford and, cool and tech. that's what i'm saying right so it's all the the tech is cool and clever and not of the world because it's right. something special that isn't in it's, the world it's, right it is it's above the world because of this billionaire who can make right. it and afford it when we see when the batmobile turns on in this film it feels like it is right in this uh -huh. world like it yeah. doesn't it fire oh, out the back man. center the whole works super cool and it's not this sleek weird no. design it looks like he converted like an old camaro into like a batmobile yeah. right like reinforced it with steel plates or something and, and the the same thing with his like flying suit that mm -hmm. he pull, you know that he yeah, pops on right and each of and like the i love the fact that um the uh the parachute doesn't work right and right. he gets ba banged he gets up beat up in this film man. he gets really beat up in this movie he just takes a beating over and over it's it's just so there's strong. stuff there's stuff i mean we we didn't see a single batarang until until he breaks into the he cuts through the tape no yeah and then he puts the batarang into his chest and it's been in front of you the entire time like that was a batarang this whole time I know. so good and he doesn't ever throw it he just, he just uses it as this this cutting device which then pays off again later right at the end and right because we need to know what's there we need to know right it's there. we know it works right and then we get to see crazy it and, it and it's good. just like it's it's gear after gear after gear i mean the, the most out of this world piece of gear we see is the contact lens from essentially right. from mission impossible right, right. where you can uh, you have this camera in, which isn't really i would say even that far off right i would say that probably exists today and we just have to have no consumer use of that because it's it probably shouldn't be in consumer mm -hmm. hands right. let's be real uh, uh yeah the, the uh the the number of times he gets shot by a weapon 
is unbelievable. Shotguns, rifle yeah. shots, and all of that works because his suit is armor, right? right? right. I love the fact that that's what we get. We get this, he, yes, yeah, this yeah. sense of like he's armored himself. Right. He's not just lucky. Right. There's technology protecting him, but it feels yeah. of the world. He's it. It's like he knows what he's walking into, mm -hmm. right? And if 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 the world is as dangerous as he says it is, if Gotham is as bad as he says it is, then you got to armor yourself up, right? Right. And uh, it it does. It feels like you're watching. It feels like Batman is like out of the military. Yeah. You yes. know, it's like he he served and he understands military armor tech. Like there's things on his forearms. There's just stuff. Like he just has stuff. It's right. And we don't get to see all of it used, which yeah. I love. Um, we should wrap up. We're, is it, we're, we going, we're for going for 43 oh, minutes. Solid. We need to. I, and I, because I want to talk about music for a second. I knew you wanted to talk. And uh, I wanted to talk about music too. So why don't you talk about music? Uh, you, I, I you never actually, listened to it. So I, say whatever you can well, say. Well, look. We'll um, there, okay. So there was. Um, there was a scene. It was the scene where. Um, it was the scene where it was post Batman Batmobile chase. Uh, it's when he's walking towards the car, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that was the moment music really stuck out for me. A moment, um, and sound effects as well. That scene there felt very western to me for some reason. Yeah, I'll buy that. Um, I don't know. It, it may have been the the super wide shot, full body shot, uh, and I could have sworn I heard Spurs on Batman at one point. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, the music over and over and over again, the Batman theme would just, it was just like, it was just like a note that just kept like swelling louder mm -hmm. and louder and louder. And it built, the tension built with it. And it was in multiple scenes throughout the film. And it never got old for me. No, and motif wise, it was used in so many different ways to underscore these mm -hmm. moments of tension and we had some other music right there was other things going on uh, yeah that, but that theme was so strong michael giacchino uh um, yeah is a genius right yeah undoubtedly a genius and, yeah. and his name popped up in the credits i was like yeah okay and i, I didn't know he did this film but a, great as a person who's doing like as a person who's doing this sort of varied composition the films he's worked on are so diverse, right? Yeah. That it really is a he really does understand how to score yeah. the film he's doing. Right. Instead of you know I yeah. Uh, in, instead of being the person you pick because you want that sound for your film. Right. Right. That's what I want to say. Right. He's he's so diverse. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm thinking of a very specific composer when you say that. Who, who, who do you think I'm? It thinking? just sounds like you're talking about Hans Zimmer, which is totally well, fine because that's a thing, right? You want I, the Inception sound, or John and, Williams, or John Williams. Oh yeah, Indiana yeah. Jones and Star Wars sometimes sound identical. Right. I mean, yeah. it, but that's it works, right? It's it works. Like they're yeah. they're great composers doing their thing. Uh, Giacchino's all about diversity, and this, and, and as a result. He is able to really cleverly weave the yeah. score in a way that it, those themes don't get boring, right? right? Right. No, I totally, I totally agree. I, the, I, yeah. mean, I, I just thought the soundtrack. The, was the soundtrack was great. Yeah, and so simple. The themes of uh, of the of the Batman were just it, they're still in my head. You know, I yeah. don't. There's no melody necessarily to it, but it, I mean, there is a little bit, but 
it's just like this noise. And there's this piano score thing that yeah. happens throughout. Like the instrumentation was so interesting. Like the arrangement was so interesting throughout the piece. It was just really fascinating. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I can't be more positive about the music. I was just incredibly impressed by it. Uh, acro across the board and that along with the fact that the soundtrack was really good to like the the soundtrack songs that were included yeah. were yeah, also right, really right, appropriate right. and, and really music was used right, really specifically well. right this ave maria theme that played through the entire film which i'm not 100 percent sure what that is like referencing specifically right do you, you know well, Have internally you it's the song that the choir was singing it was they were singing at the at the mayor's thing, right? Funeral, when, right? when his yeah. father was running for mayor. Um, oh, 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 right. But right, I don't right, know. Right, but, right. And so maybe that's why it's there, story wise. I mm -hmm. don't know why that's the song that's chosen for that. Right. Um, if it was Ave Martha, we would know. I guess, <laughs> but it's right. not. I'm sure there's a deeper meaning for it. I'm sure there's a reason that that's the song that he chose. Uh, there's a lot to think about. Yeah. In, in this film, there's just it's just chock full of good uh, storytelling. But mu the music was spellbinding and worked completely throughout and this brings me to the should you go see it in the theater go see it in imax yeah I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost like why the heck did we not watch this in imax because i didn't realize that it was going to look just as good as it did but i mean seeing it rpx i mean we we kind of like got the like the the middle brother of imax right right, right. like if, of these theater you know regular being the little little brother we got like the we got a big screen still pretty big screen and extraordinarily good sound yeah uh, the i i i would say that the reason to go to imax or rpx or whatever to, to do that step up if you're going to yeah. see this is partly for screen size and partly yes. this the sound really pays off yeah for you in this it film. is so good it is so in, good. in the same way i would say that about dune right like right. dune is all about big screen, big sound. Yeah. This fits into that same category. Definitely a film to see on the big screen. If you're listening this far, you've probably already seen it. So, I mean, if you didn't see it on the big screen, if it ever hits theaters again, go see it yeah, on the big screen. Yeah, you have to see it on the big um, screen. But this is a reason to install a movie theater in your house. <laughs> like, this this film is, a, is one of those reasons. Dune is also, pretty much, I feel like I could say anything that Greg Frazier probably works on. It might be a reason to install a movie theater in your house. Yeah, at this point, I think so. Yeah, any work he does from here on out. This the battle of cinematographers these days. It's Seriously, incredible. There's a there's a um, team Deacons podcast where Greg Frazier and Roger, uh, Roger Deacons just banter the entire. They just talk the entire. It's a great episode. Um, I think he. I, I don't know what he interviews him about. It was this. Uh, they flipped the. They turn the tables to where normally you know normally, right, normally Roger and right. his wife are interviewing cinematographers, but Greg Frazier comes back and interviews him about a, a film it might have been skyfall i think um i can't quite remember but that's a great episode um and there's an episode where they interview greg frazier too I, I believe so yeah well i have one last question yeah, okay. about this film was is this better or worse than jungle cruise so um i'm gonna say that this is better than jungle cruise i don't know whether the acting reaches the jungle yeah, cruise acting, i don't think i don't think you can top the rock the production design yeah. really and emily blunt's not in this film so right. that's where <laughs> that's it really, really suffers true. from emily that blunt may be, that may here. be the the weakness <laughs> uh yeah so if we if yeah okay yeah I'll take that. that's good um it's well worth seeing in the theater well it's well it. worth seeing more than once i'm 100 percent confident i'm gonna end up going back and seeing it again just because I need to digest yeah. more of it. Uh, and we'll probably post things about that as I go. This is going to be the 
uh, review I write on Letterboxd that I have to go back and edit over and over. Uh, and over yeah, again. right, right, right. Because you've seen the film again and you're like, oh, I got to add something now. Got to yeah, add that, this to it. And I got to add that to it. talk about this. Yes, yeah. Oh my so, gosh, it's so good. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're really enthusiastic about you uh, listening to this. I hope you enjoyed the film as much as we did. And if you haven't watched it, you were foolish to listen to this podcast <laughs> before listening to it. It's funny. It. I don't actually feel like we spoiled all I, that much. I don't much. think we spoiled all that much, actually. Yeah. So you might have survived one or two good hits. Uh, nothing that damages the story because the story is so strong, it doesn't need surprise. Right. The, the only way that we spoil this for you is if we walk through how every clue works. I love the fact that when the Riddler is exposed in this film, it's not a big deal. Yeah. It's not like some crazy surprise. Oh my goodness, it's oh my gosh, Paul Dano. Cousin, yeah, right, yeah. right. It is like, <laughs> it's, it's no one we know. Yeah. It's so good. And when there's no origin story for him, for us, right. that precedes the story. Like we don't have to get any of that. We just, suddenly there he is. This right. is where he is. And his costume was so good. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> This I'm, is a, we could keep talking for like I know. another well, we, we 45 can't, minutes. No one's going to listen. Yeah, no one's uh, going to listen. I mean, it's a three-hour so. movie, so we did well. Uh. <laughs> All right, well, let's briefly talk about some of the anticipated things that we're looking forward to and, and maybe what we're going to watch and review over the next month or so. It's devastating to even think about anything after the Batman, but yeah, it is, we, can, yeah. we can do that. Uh, so for sure... Uh, we're going to be watching Moon Knight and talking about Moon Knight. Yes. going to come up yes. just a couple of weeks. Yeah, and there should be probably, what, six episodes of that, I think. Um, right. That's and, kind of what the MCU has been doing, right? Six and, episodes. And we're going to see coming into that on March 14th, all of the Netflix Marvel characters are going to move to Disney+. Plus. That's right. So, so Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica Jones. There's some talk about Jessica even Jones. even Iron Fist. And even Iron Fist. And they're talking about Jessica Jones potentially being in the She-Hulk show now, too. That would make sense. That, um, I could see them tying her in. That'd be a great way to get her engaged. But it does mean that we're pushing Disney Plus into the... Uh, there's going to be a darker component, which opens the door for things like Deadpool eventually, but certainly for Moon Knight. Certainly for Moon Knight. I mean, and and ongoing all the way down to Blade, right? Like, how do you do Blade without yeah, being, being dark and all that? But... Uh, yeah, Moon Knight, very exciting. Uh, also looking forward to later this month, um, everything, everywhere, all at once, Michelle Yeoh, and um, that's going to be exciting. Anytime A24 releases something, I have to go see it. Yep. Uh, so that'll be great. And then, uh, what was the last one? The last one's Bullet Train, Bullet which Train. we saw a trailer for before uh, the before Batman today. I may have been in the bathroom. Uh, you may have been in the bathroom. And uh, the it trailer looked great. Awesome. Just fantastic looking is uh, that action flick is that uh is action that? look like action spy adventure okay. good stuff uh with brad pitt sort of tearing it up yeah director uh, but there's of, director of john wick lots of good actors just populating the whole piece awesome um i'm i'm looking forward actually to watching drive my car uh yes oh my HBO. goodness yes we it just have a, to find time to watch that three hour japanese three hour, film i know like it's a big it's a big <laughs> it's accomplishment a but uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited to sort of watch that. And, I've heard nothing but amazing things about you know, the film. Just, it feels really good. Uh, so there you go. There, there are the things I'm looking forward to. Great. Not that there isn't also you know Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and the rest. Oh, of there's so much stuff. The stuff. I mean, I that Black Adam film, in that that far too self aware heroes trailer from DC. <laughs> um, that Black Adam film looks like it could be really great. 
Yeah, we'll we'll see. I don't know. I'm again, I'm not a massive fan of the DCEU in any way, but uh if the Batman is any indication of potentially how they're treating these films now, I may I may be a fan of everything except for Aquaman based on what did you say? You said last I think last time we talked about Aquaman and me, you said you'd rather nail your hand to something than go see that film in theaters. Uh, honest to goodness, this is the oh, truth. Gosh. I have to be honest, I will never watch that original. Uh, what is that? That the first film was like 16 hours long, right? That's what it felt like at least. <laughs> I, I don't know, it. I didn't even bother to watch it. I watched it. it in four segments. I couldn't oh I couldn't keep gosh. going. I had to did keep it, stopping. Did it feel longer than what, what was that movie? La Fleur? No. I watched the floor without <laughs> blinking. That movie, I watched that floor in three hour and thirty minute blocks over a couple of days. I would happily watch the floor straight through. I would watch Park Lanes, the eight hour real time <laughs> exploration of a place that makes st- parts for a bowling alley. Like oh my literally gosh. a documentary, real time, an eight hour day. They go into the building at the beginning of the day with the workers and everything is in real time. They just track with the workers through one work day. I would watch that over Aquaman. <laughs> oh. All right, good. Well, we've established Sorry. your hate for Aquaman. <laughs> right. That's probably where we're going to leave you folks this episode. Thanks. Uh, I got to go calm down. Yes, yeah, seriously. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Please connect with us on all of our social channels. You can head to rackingfocuspodcast.com to find out where uh, we exist online. And we'd love you if once you find those places out, the one we want you to definitely visit is uh, our Instagram. We regularly post stuff. Getting some communication back there would be great. And to follow us on Letterboxd where you can read the reviews of things that we may have mentioned in passing here in the podcast. Definitely connect with us on Letterboxd. That's where all of the good stuff is going right now yeah and we'd love to be able to look at your uh, reviews too and be able to comment there it's a it's a social setting not just a billboard for yeah. reviews yeah so the more you connect with us the more we can connect with you yeah social media for movie lovers go get on that um other than that you've heard what we're gonna watch coming yeah. up so i don't know yeah Any, oh leave us a review yeah, leave us a review. Leave us a review. Help That's us great. out. Apple Podcasts or wherever you want to give us five stars and say yeah. whatever you want. Yeah, say whatever you want. And we want to hear feedback because it helps us. We've changed our format a little bit. We want to know if that's working. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I feel like there was something else to add, but I don't remember, so I'll just have to say it in the next episode. Anything else you want to add? No, that, that's it. We'll just uh, go on our way now and go watch some other film. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.